0: we This morning we're going to be in Ephesians chapter one. If you want to turn there, you're more than welcome. It's the lectionary text for the week, uh, and it's one that when I first started reading and preparing and thinking about Mother's Day in our future, um, it took me a minute when I was thinking about you know how, how would God be using this text to speak to us? And as it came a little bit closer on, I realized it is a beautiful, beautiful text for the morning. It may not have appeared so in the very first few moments of reading, but as I had some time to pray and think, boy, did it become obvious. The Ephesian letter is one that uh, you need to note is probably the most advanced of all the Pauline letters if you're one who has studied uh, the works of Paul in the past, Ephesians kind of stands alone as a matter of fact many scholars and theologians consider it you 'll read this in, in various literature the Queen of the Epistles, uh, which I think is also appropriate for mother's day amen like that that's the pinnacle is the queen you know and so but it 's the queen of the Epistles because from a, even from a theological standpoint if you're one who enjoys uh, Theological study in in those great statements that they're made as we study who God is. Uh, the letter to the Ephesians is one that is probably at the height of Paul's writing. Um, it's, it's very, very solid and is kind of fleshing out the fullness of what Paul has been working on. Uh, it's one that for me also comes as a bit odd only because of my relationship specifically with this passage. I had someone not long ago, I say not long ago because time kind of gets away from us. It was years and years ago actually. Had someone send me a letter and it was a letter of encouragement, but it was the first time I'd ever had someone send me a letter that they wrote out Scripture and, and they absolutely noted that it was Scripture. It wasn't like they stole words from Scripture and used them as their own. It's not like a, you know, a plagiarism of sorts. It was more of a, this was their wishes and their, the, what they wanted to communicate with me. And, and I, I remember reading this passage at first and thinking, like what an interesting way to read a passage as if it were written to me specifically. That, that's an odd thing, or at least it was for me in those days. Uh, it was early on in, in reading the Bible. And the more I became more informed, I thought, you know, these letters are, and especially the, the letter to these people, uh, likely to Gentiles, which is another statement in, that Paul's making in this, very likely to Gentiles, not to Jews. But as he, as he writes this letter, it's believed that this letter had a bit of a circular nature in that it was written to be distributed among the believers that were the Gentiles in that time frame. And, and I, I started making more peace with, you know, maybe it's more appropriate to write these things and to use Scripture as a way to communicate effectively with people, even our wishes and desires for them. This will make more sense for you here in just a moment. Stand with me as we read from Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to begin in verse 15. We're going to read through verse 19. And it'll be what defines our time together this morning. "'For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers.' reading a letter that was not specifically written to us in its context, and yet, as it is addressed to a greater group of believers, absolutely speaks into our world as well. God, we thank you for the opportunity to have letters like this and for the opportunity to spend a few moments reflecting and ask the questions of how they shape and mold us today. Is your Son's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Again, it was an odd thing for me when I first received the letter and there wasn't much written outside of this one passage. As a matter of fact, if you're here in-house this morning, I'm going to leave this up on the screen. Uh, Also, if you're in-house this morning, some of you will probably say praise the Lord because I believe I got it fixed. There we go. It actually works on your screen now, does it? It took me a little while to figure it out, but I believe it is. It is uh, the demon has been cast out of our screen here in-house and, uh, and you're able to read it all. That's a good thing. But as I, as I received this, it was simply written inside a, a greater card and, and it was meant to communicate the same, the same thoughts that Paul was writing in this setting. It was meant to communicate to me at that time in life. And, and it, it changed and kind of shaped the way that I thought about Scripture It also was one this morning that I thought, you know, when I first read this passage, it hit me a bit odd, and I was wondering how we would approach this passage if this is where God was leading. I was in those working and and, and praying processes. And then as I was reflecting on the way this passage was used in sending a letter to me, I thought, man, what a beautiful way. What if this letter this morning was written both to and about, or at least the nature of it, Let's say it that way. I want to make sure we stay contextually accurate. This letter was written to a group of believers. But what if we look at it through the specific lenses of Mother's Day this morning? You know? What if we, what if we because the letter was written to believers, we acknowledge that, that this was written to mothers as well, but specifically for Mother's Day... What if we look a little more sharply, specifically, at how this communicates to the moms in our lives and to the women that we're around, and also to those as we who are not mothers and we who are uh, not ladies in lives, maybe we know how best to speak to, pray for, yeah. Read this again through the lenses of Mother's Day, though. Not necessarily through the lenses of a Paul who's writing to a specific group in Ephesus, but read this as it would be heard by the ears of mothers and especially those of us that think about mothers. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and for your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and Revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you the riches of His glorious inheritance and in His holy people and His incomparably great power for us who believe. When you look back at this text through the lenses of Mother's Day, one of the first things that jumps off of the page is the reality of a, of a Paul who is acknowledging, hearing about the faith of our Lord Jesus, but also in, in kind of in that within your love for all of God's people. There is something special about the love of a mother. Amen? Have you ever heard the phrase, a face only a mother could love? Sometimes that happens. We want to be very careful in how we say this, but let's just acknowledge some of us were not born beautiful babies. Amen? Sometimes we look at babies and we look and we're like, oh, that's a baby. Yep. You have, like, different babies are born differently. But have you ever noticed this? To every mother is a beautiful child. Amen? Like there is, there is that immediate. And the other thing that you notice about moms is there is a special attachment. And not to say, we're not going to remove, you remember within the last couple of weeks, we spoke very directly to men. And this, this morning, we'll swing that pendulum a good bit and speak very directly toward uh, the, the moms in our lives. Gentlemen, you recognize that the connection your children have with their mother is much different than yours. There are times, as a matter of fact, I've been reminded because of some of the young children in my life. As a matter of fact, I got to be around a little girl last night, and I was reminded of my own daughter growing up, my own son as he was growing up. My children are now about to graduate high school and a year from graduating high school. Yeah, that's wild in itself. Whole different Sunday, but that's wild in itself. And I remember looking back at them because last night I'm watching this little girl who's you know very, very young in those toddler stages. She's working to put words together and those sorts of things. And, and she's starting to get to that place where she wants to be noticed by everyone, so she makes louder noises. You ever been in one of those restaurants or churches where these things, you know, and then like they start, they like, want to be seen. And then as soon as you see them, as soon as, as like attention is cast to them, what does that child normally do? Immediate turning like bury back up into mom. You know, mom is a place of absolute Of peace. There's a place of of, of being loved in such a way that's just different. It's the place. I remember seeing my own children, if they encountered something that they were unsure of, if someone walked in the room that they didn't know, let me tell you what, they wanted to know where Mama was because Mom was that person that represented love and taking care of them. And it was that one that, that was always honest. It was always fun to see my kids hide behind or work around or want to go diving up into their mom's arms. And it's not just in the world of raising kids. My wife has a gift with animals that I don't understand. Like, she has the ability. We have a mule, Uh, we have two actually. And one of them, when we bought her, we were told by the owner, they were like, hey, look, Jack is awesome. He'll walk up to you. You know what I mean? You put a halter on him, all that's good. Gypsy, she's she's going to take a little bit. With a feed bucket, you can talk her into coming into the barn, and that's about all. And I'm going to tell you, within a few weeks, like, I can watch Stephanie because of her demeanor walk out into a pasture and halter an animal that nobody else can. You know, like, They sense that. You know, they, they sense that, that the dynamics of what a mom brings to the table. It's an interesting relationship that you see take place there. You watch the way that, that moms interact, and if there's an aspect of who they are, this, this reality of like moms represent a special place of, of loving that is different from those of us who are fathers. Not that we don't love, it's just different. You have a God-given trait, moms. You have a God-given trait. One of the things that you get to do, I, I sent my mom a text message this morning, and I told her, thank you for 43 years of investing in me and if you know my age I'm 42 in a few months so like you go a little bit further than that I was born 42 in a few months ago but like mom started investing in me from the very beginning you know like there's there's a part of of embodying what it means to to love that is very man just very special within moms we have to be very careful in the world that we're living in today Because one of the things that we're hearing a great deal about is this this conversation of gender equality. I think we're doing ourselves a great disservice, by the way. Women, you are uniquely crafted, built, made, designed by God. Equality between genders is not what we want. Not in the scheme of we are the same. Acknowledge acknowledge the beauty in your uniqueness, your uniqueness, and what you bring to the table as God's gift. You understand? it is special. It is different. It is not the same as a man in the ways that there are aspects of what be, the man will never fully understand and never grasp what it means to have life growing inside him in that way. Anytime you know that, that a, a man I, I've heard uh, all sorts of fun jokes. The banter goes around. I had my dad sent me one. Of course he never sends these to mom. He sent me a picture not long ago and it was a, a picture of a, of a woman who was clearly somewhere like having a child and he said in the meme said you I think when women give birth, they finally understand what it's like to set the hook and not have the fish. We make those jokes. You know what I mean? Like We, we set those like it's finally, finally get the idea of what real law, real, real pain is. You know, we make those jokes, but the reality is I'll never, I'll never have a clue what it's like to carry life. It's not an option, not a possibility, not, not at that capacity. And there's something that God has given that's just so, so beautiful the way that, that women are created, the, the the fact that they're able to to bring about life, that they are crafted by God with this gift and this this ability, I I, I, I want to say this morning that like the when we thank God for the love, the love that is represented especially in our moms, it's it's genetically wired by God to be a very special very special bond. You can. You can define a whole lot of things or work to bring about definitions, but I'm going to tell you, watching, especially watching moms interact with their kids, especially in those early years, there is no denying something changes chemically within us. Gentlemen, especially remember, remember what it was like when your children were born. If you had that, that opportunity, remember what it was like when your children were born and you see a newborn with its mom. There's just something that happens there, you know. I can't speak to what it's like to feel to be the feeling of the mom who, who gets that first hug and that touch and all that. But there's just something there, and for that, this morning, we give God praise for the way they've represented love in our lives. Amen. Amen. I also want to point out in that representing love in our lives, moms have represented love in a Christ-like love from the beginning. When you think about the nature. Of Jesus on this earth and like what He represented, it was a sacrificial love, Amen. It was a, a willingness to suffer love. And, and if you've never considered this, especially uh, young people in the room, teenagers and kids especially, uh, you, you know some of you dads should nudge your children and like, hey, pay attention to Him because if Mom does it, it seems a little bit, you know. Yeah. So pay attention for just a moment. Your mom has been sacrificing for you since before you were born. Nutrients were taken from her body to create yours. You understand? From the time you were born, she began changing her life structure, scheme, time, everything, so that she could provide for you. Like, in in the nature of being selfless and sacrificial, mom may be the closest thing we see on this earth to the love of sacrificial of Jesus Christ. Like, that's how serious this is when it comes to talking about this thanking God for the love that has been displayed through our moms. I wonder as well, and it'd be an easy answer to say the word love, but when you think of your mom this morning, we look back at this text and there's other things that Paul is speaking that definitely inform the way we look at moms this morning. So one of the other questions I've got for you is, when you think of your mom, what sorts of words would you use to describe your mom? want you to think, maybe even shout a couple of them out loud. Uh, when you think of your mom, what word describes her well? What would you say? Patience. Patience. Do what? Beautiful. Protective. Protective. Strong. Strong. Anybody else? What words describe your mom? Let me ask you this. When you think of moms on Mother's Day... What's something that you're kind of prompted to do, especially on Mother's Day? What are you prompted to do on Mother's Day? Yep, back in the back. Braylon, what you got? Make her feel special. special. And how do you do that? Loaded question. You didn't know you were going to get a follow-up, and I'm sorry for surprising you. How do you make mom feel special? Clean up the house. Let me tell you what, there were text messages flying about the medder's father and children this morning about that exact conversation. That's exactly right. Those sorts of things. You do things to show your mom to make her feel special. You may send her messages or give her a call or buy her gifts. You may find yourself thinking of them specifically on the list of things that my, my wife has been given for Mother's Day. I've learned this about my children. They're getting to a stage where they're starting to take care of their own gifts, which is a lot of fun, but none of them are willing to wait until Mother's Day. Logan gave Mother's Day gifts two weeks ago, ten days ago, something like that. I was like, when is Mother's Day? You know, like, at that point in the game. My daughters uh, decided this past weekend it was time to give Mother's Day. So the only Mother's Day gifts left to be given are the ones that I bought. I'm the only one holding out, right? But. But you only buy them gifts. One of the things that, one of the things we need to do better at, notice in this, in this passage, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. If we're not careful, that mom that has represented love to us so much and sacrificial love to us, our relationship with our mother becomes a take and a receive. You know, like we're we're on the recipient end of this. And maybe we haven't been challenged enough to see ourselves as investing back into our mom. And if nothing else, praying and thanking God for who she is in our life. Like If nothing else, thanking God for the investment that mom has put in our lives and and, and like what she's done for us and start recognizing those things. Because at some point as you grow up and you mature, early on, you're a toddler, you're an infant, and everything is about receiving and me and I and all those sorts of things. But surely, somewhere as you grow up, you start realizing... Life is not about you, amen? It's about thanking God for the people who have invested in their life. So one of the things about this text that speaks to us, maybe not necessarily to moms, but about moms, is this beautiful reminder of like, I don't need to stop giving thanks and remembering mom in my prayers. And it's not just a prayer of thanksgiving. But have you ever considered praying for your mom? It's a little bit different when you say, like, God, thank you for mom and what she's invested. Thank you for mom and what she's given. Thank you for mom and how she's sacrificed or thank you for mom and how she's loved me. But I I wonder for just a moment, like, how would you pray? How would you pray for your mom? What would you want for her? Hey, think with me for just a moment. What sorts of things might you pray? And note, we want our moms' lives to be better. Amen? We want our moms to be closer to to God. Amen? Like We want them to continue, well, maybe by asking the questions and even looking in this text, what are the things that we might pray for the moms in our lives? I love in verse 17, there's this praying that the Father, ultimately, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I'll talk about my mom here for a little bit. My mom's uh, five foot two and a half. And you better not forget that half, by the way, if you ever talk about her height. uh, The half means something. Now, we don't talk about this very much anymore, but we haven't put a tape measure on mom in a long time, and I'm pretty sure she's five foot one and three quarter now. I don't think she's still five foot two and a half, but she used to hold very hard, very firmly onto that I'm five foot two and a half. I know it wasn't very long, and some of you moms are already recognizing this. It wasn't very long in my life before I was looking down at my mom's eyes. I spent the first part of my life looking up, but at some point, and I'm pretty sure it was when I was about 12, uh, maybe even 10, uh, started passing mom in height and getting a little bit taller. And it was a change in things when I started looking mom in the eyes. I know some of you, that's a weird moment when all of a sudden you're looking your kids eye to eye. And some of you have experienced a place where you're looking up at your kids and things start getting real weird when they get taller, right? Very, very much changes. There's a, a relational dynamic that goes on there. I can remember Logan when he started edging out his mom. He would walk up to her and stand beside her and do this. Just making a point. You know, he'd gotten a little bit taller, you know, a little bit bigger. Now, um, my mom, however, at five foot two, uh, she was not afraid of that old adage that you've probably heard in the past. Boy, don't forget, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. That's exactly right. Like I also knew there were times, I, I smarted off to my mom one time, and uh, have you ever said those things that like when the words leave your mouth, you, you hope for just a moment you could be like a Marvel superhero and stop time and grab those words before they made it to your mother's ears? And, uh, and I, I remember when those words left my mouth realizing like I may have just... Killed myself, ultimately, because she's going to kill me uh, when this... Co- and I remember her words. She turned around and looked at me. I was probably 14, 15 years old, and she says, Boy, you don't... Ha- I love it when they start with boy, by the way. It's not a good time. You don't have to like me. You don't even have to love me, but you absolutely will respect me. And I remember like, you know, like oh, I think I get out of this one alive. You know, like this was the nature of my mom. An incredibly strong woman, but I've seen her grow in the last 10 years. I've seen seen her awareness of what it means to be Christ-like grow in the last 10 years, the last 15 years. I've watched my mom know that she's being taken advantage of and quit caring. It's a weird one. She knows that in order for her to make the greatest difference in a person's life that she cares about, she must be taken advantage of, and she will be taken advantage of in her time, in her energies, in who she is, in her resources, in her love, in her care, and all those—all of those things will be taken for granted. But it is worth the price, so that the person she specifically cares about immensely will never question that—that that she loves that person. There were times that I would look back and be frustrated because I would see my mother being taken advantage of. Her chain being jerked, so to speak. Her not being taken seriously when somebody else was thinking of their own time and what they wanted. And yet as that was taking place, I can remember being frustrated with her. And now as I've grown a little bit older in this process and have watched what's going on, I realize she's fully aware she's being taken advantage of. But it's worth the price. It's worth it. Because she knows the difference that she is, can and is making in the life of this one that she's decided to suffer for. It's a weird thing to pray for someone that you look up to spiritually because the vast majority of us look up to our parents. The vast, and I understand we we have outliers. Again, you have likely have stand in mothers and fathers in your life, but it's an odd thing. We don't necessarily recognize the need to pray for those that we see as better than ourselves, or we see as closer to Jesus than ourselves, or more Christ-like than ourselves. But maybe this morning, as we think about mothers, we pray for them differently. It's a selfish prayer to say, thank you for what my mom has meant to me. I even asked my mom, this, told my mom this morning, thank you for the investment in my life. That's a selfish thing to say. You know what I mean? Like, thank you. I'm grateful for you because you made me better. You understand? Like, let's be careful there. Like, at what point do I mature to the place that I start saying to my mom, and I'm, I'm praying that you continue to grow and to know Christ even better. I'm, con- I'm praying that you continue to grow, in this as we read here in in being enlightened. You know, this morning as we think about mothers in our lives and we think about being a mother, it's not just about a recognizing the gifts that they've placed in us, but it's also in thanking God for them and praying that God continues to to grow them into the person that God wants them to be. The last thing I'll point at this morning is in verse 18. It'll be the last one we'll talk about. It'll be done immediately after this. But there's this, this reference. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you. The word hope and the reality of how knowing the hope to which He has called you spoke directly into my preparation. I think I think moms, if anybody, are immense people of hope. Have you ever known a child that was growing up that was an absolute hooligan? May have been your own, by the way. I don't know. But I'm just saying, have you ever known one of those kids that like, when you see them running around, you're like, now nah, I know hooligans, and that's a real hooligan. You know what I mean? Like, real hooligan. Not a pretend hooligan, but a 100% hooligan. And yet, when the parents see them, or especially when like mom or sometimes even grandmother talks about them, they are talking about this angel child, okay, and how wonderful they are, and you are left in this moral conundrum of, should I enlighten them that their child or grandchild is actually a hooligan? Or should I let them continue to exist in this state of ignorance? You know, we find ourselves in that difficult place. Like, they don't see that this child is a hooligan, and then there's been times in the past when you see those things happening and you're, you're thinking to yourself, like, <clears throat> do the parents have their head stuck in the sand? Or are they just not paying attention? Do they not see? And then, again, you know, sometimes as you get older, you start seeing things a little bit differently. Is it that the parents have no clue? Or is it that the parents are the best at having an, an, inter, an inner ability to see what this child can be? I mean, think with me for just a moment about what it means to be people of hope and, and of, of thinking, especially when it references in this, this portion of the text as well about you know, being called, that God has called you, that there, there, there is this placement and there is this, there is this work and, and this hope of what could be as you're thinking about those things. I'm not saying that we just completely throw it out and don't acknowledge that. I mean, sometimes our kids are hooligans, amen? Even as adults, they're hooligans, okay? But the ability to have the hope for them to become the people that God's wanted them to be, the ability to look into their life and to see what God can create within them. We said earlier about the nature of our moms being a Christ-like example for us, and when we start latching in to, to, to knowing what Paul's talking about, a hope he has for, for these people, but also recognizing like what that hope means is like there's hope that, that we can continue to grow. there's hope that we become who God has called us to be. I'll reference one more thing that my mom told me years ago and I didn't realize how big of a deal it was until I grew much older. I can't tell you how many times I heard her tell me, I am your biggest fan. Not because she was trying to outdo dad. Had nothing to do with that, okay? But in her mind, she was my biggest fan because she, in her eyes, could see what Daniel Meadors could become. Even though many times, in my eyes, she saw a hooligan. We're grateful for the mothers in our lives and the hope they have for us. Amen? Yeah. God, we come before you today looking back at a text written to be passed around amongst people. And that letter that was written to be passed around amongst people spoke to all sorts. Yet on today, especially today, we reference how we would speak to the ears and mind and heart of a mother. God, we thank you for the moms in our lives and we pray that you would continue to grow, that you would continue to shape and form them into the Christ-like followers that you've called them to be. God, we pray that you would forgive us of the times of taking our loved ones for granted. It's so easy sometimes to just take the people closest to us for granted, and for that, we pray that you would help us to be better. God, we also thank you for the moms that represent hope, see within us greater than sometimes we see within ourselves. We love you and we thank you. In your son's name we pray, amen.